0: Try to get the feelers engaged. Let's try to get our feelers engaged. It seems like everybody's dozing off. It Seems like we're engaged. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> do this right. You never, you never know. So uh, that's what we'll do.
1: We'll
0: go. I gotta go get uh, half the other. We need to
1: go. Yeah. I
0: just have a. They're there. stand this morning. Jehovah, there's no God like Jehovah, there's no God like Jehovah, riding, shining like the sun, at the trumpet call. clap offering this morning hallelujah he's coming again isn't he amen why don't we just take this moment to uh to welcome each other into the house of the lord this morning and uh before we do we're just going to pray father we thank you lord today that we can gather together as your people and we just ask, Lord, that as we worship you, that, Father, that your, our worship will be pleasing to you. And, Lord, we just covet your presence and your power. Come and work in our hearts and our lives. And in this church, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's just get around and for a few moments. on the clouds, shining like the sun, at the trumpet call, lift your voices. it's the year of the jubilee, and out of science hill, salvation comes, oh, behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun, at the trumpet call. i presence all our fears are washed away. Let's sing that one more time because when we see you because when we see you we find strength to face the day and in your presence all our fears are washed away. One more time because when we see you Welcome to you here, Lord. Pray. Trials, all of our weariness, all of our weaknesses this morning. He outlasts all of them. He's the God we've been singing about this morning, whose promises are true. And we thank you, Lord, that we can stand on the promises you've made to us. You never, ever, ever grow weary. ear is always bent toward us. We thank you for that, oh God. And Lord, we just worship you this morning. We worship you. Because Lord, you you are beautiful beyond description. You are too marvelous for words. We thank you, Lord God, for not only teaching and displaying the kingdom of what it looks like but lord we thank you for coming and being our sacrifice the atonement for our sin that we can be righteous and description. I stand. You're my God, you're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. my chains are gone i've been set free my god my savior has ransomed me and like a flood his mercy reigns unending love amazing grace now i know the words aren't on the screen they're not in the in the lyrics but when we've been there is one of my favorite verses in that, or stanzas in that song. Can we sing that together? We know that. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Because our chains, because our chains are gone. We've been set free. Our God, our Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood His mercy rains unending amazing grace. Our chains are gone. We've been set free. God my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood His mercy reigns. Unending love. Amazing Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your amazing grace. We thank you, Lord, for your love, for your compassion towards your mercy, for setting us free, Lord, setting us free. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's just continue to worship the Lord for a little while longer. Hallelujah. you the gates of praise and do your sanctuary to stand are awesome in this place, mighty God. So as I come into your presence, I'll pass the gates of praise into to your sanctuary until we're standing face to face. I'll look upon your countenance and see the fullness of your grace and of bow down and say that you are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome in this place, Abba, Father. You are worthy of all praise. To you our lives Awesome in this place, mighty God, you are awesome, you are awesome in this place, mighty God, you are awesome in this place, Abba Father, you are worthy of all praise, to you our lives we raise. Awesome in this place, mighty God.
1: You are awesome. You are awesome awesome. in this place. You are so awesome.
0: Song before we shift gears this morning, and just continue to worship the Lord. One day in your house, better is one day in your courts, thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts, thousands elsewhere. Cause better is one day. Better is one day. You, Lord, for your presence, we covet the presence of God here. We covet your spirit, Lord. We just pray that as as we worship, as we as we do the things that we do in this time and this gathering together as your people, Lord, that our 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 souls will indeed hunger and thirst for more, and we'll desire you, Lord. We'll desire to know you in a greater way, Lord. I pray that there's be someone here that doesn't know you there's those that are dry and thirsty lord today god that they will that they will be, their thirst will be quenched in jesus name in jesus name just come precious spirit precious spirit of god just minister to each one this morning hallelujah hallelujah we have a number of prayer requests in our bulletin but if you're here this morning and you got a need and you just lift up Lift up a hand uh, signifying the need that you have. And as we just continue to play, we're just going to pray over these needs. If there's those that got needs, you can just lift your hand. Thank you. See some hands going up. This is just acknowledging that we have a need before the Lord this morning. And Father, we we just pray once more time. And we ask that, God, that you, by your Holy Spirit, for each and every need, Lord, whether it be for salvation, for healing, for deliverance, for freedom, if it be pain in the body, Lord, we pray right now that we just rebuke that pain. We command that pain to leave. We command it to go in Jesus' name. We command all disease and all illness that it would not stand in the presence of the Lord today. That we would see a, we would see a plundering today from the kingdom of darkness. We would see a breaking of chains. We would see, uh, just like in Azusa Street, how there were tumors on people's faces. just fell to the ground. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke these things. We rebuke the, the thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. We rebuke, oh God, even the spirit of, of consumerism that robs people of, of being able to bless the work of the Lord and, and to be, receive a blessing. And we pray that, God, that uh, for all the needs acknowledged today, Father, you would undertake. You will undertake in miraculous ways miraculous ways because we are a people who still believe that you are doing signs and wonders and miracles demonstration of the spirit's power so that people will not believe our wisdom but they will they will be convinced because it's the power of god so lord we speak that we declare that this morning that the power of god would be released so that it would break apathy and indifference. It would bring those who have unbelief in their hearts to a faith, a living faith, a real faith, a today faith, a now faith. In Jesus' name, we come against the influences that are trying to infiltrate, trying to to get in and cause strongholds in the mind. We pray against that, Lord. thank you for the authority you have given us, the power of the Spirit that you have bestowed upon us. We thank you that we can be filled over and over again. Give us that desire to be continually filled with your Spirit. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, praise God, amen, amen, you may be seated this morning, thank you worship team, real blessing they are, amen. New design to the bulletin this morning, very sharp. I think you can bring that down a little bit, I think. I don't want to be too loud up here either. Welcome this morning to the house of the Lord. Trust that so far that, uh, you know, we've been able to worship the Lord. Have many felt that we worshiped the Lord this morning? We worship the Lord. Give him an honor do his name today. And so I just want to welcome everyone, and if you haven't been out for a while, I'll just welcome you this morning, and I and, uh, and just want to turn your attention to uh, the bulletin, just briefly. Just because, um, if you notice, um, on the Operation Christmas Child, 55 boxes, I think we aim, did we aimed for 40. Was that the aim? It was 40 boxes? I think it was 40. But we got might have been 50 but we got 55 so 55 is pretty good amen 55 boxes and and if you notice another number we needed i think it was was that the total i think i think we needed that sunday last sunday we needed 250 dollars to cover the rest of the boxes i think it was 25 boxes that we had that we needed 250 for, but 535 dollars came in so god bless you thank you so much for, for doing that and of course uh, just a few things just to highlight uh, Heritage Host tonight of course is the third Sunday of the month so, so Heritage Host is uh, scheduled for tonight that's 6.30pm si- uh, always looking for help uh, with that next Sunday on the 26th that is our birthday Sunday how many enjoyed the last time we had cake? cake is always good right? we had cake and ice cream and even though i was trying to watch my waistline i still had cake and two i think it was two, two tablespoons of ice cream that's all and i still managed to beat the guy i'm 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 uh, although i think this week i was a little bit slack she made oatmeal I thought they were oatmeal raisin cookies last night. They were oatmeal date cookies. And she always, t- I, I'm thinking, well, hey, it's oatmeal and it's, and, it's, and it's dates, right? I mean, it's healthy, right? Thank you, Ed. I appreciate that. Ed, amen. So, so it was chocolate, right? See, Ethan told me that chocolate is actually a vegetable. If you trace it back to its origin, it is a vegetable. So, um, <laughs> isn't that fantastic, you know? Vegetables. Wow, how do we digress here? So, birthday Sunday, uh, honoring those and celebrating those whose birthdays was in in November. Also, on the 3rd, December 3rd, we're going to have a potluck lunch, and Ed and Cheryl are going to be our hosts. So, we're going to have sign-up sheets. We'll watch out for that. Always great to have a potluck. You know, that was one of the things that when we first came here, I think it was on the weekend that that we... Preach the call and all that stuff. There was a fan. I mean, potluck here. Just um, numero uno. It is awesome to have potluck here. I think it's because of the sausage. I like meat, so. And of course, remember all the, the prayer requests. Uh, please make note of those. Please uh, pray for our students. Pray for for those who are sick among us. Um, you know, the Bible tells us we are to. Um, you know we are to bear one another's burdens. Of course, you'll notice also on Family Sunday gift bag, Christmas pageant date to be announced. So some things happening as we move into uh, not too far away of the Advent season. The lights are getting up. Uh, we can see that, and they're looking really nice. And it's really cool to be in a province where I'm. I would say I'm going to make a. I'm going to make a prophecy here. Probably what 99 percent chance of a white christmas would that be right just love the frost on the trees it it really i mean it's just beautiful beautiful so just a few announcements yeah so we're going to move to our our offering and our tithes as we give to the lord portion that he's blessed us with and how many would say you're blessed we're blessed we're being looked after we're warm we're being fed god is good amen he is good he's a good God and so we're going to receive our offering this morning and uh, let's pray this morning let's believe that as we receive today's offering we are believing you for heaven opened earth invaded storehouses unlocked and miracles created dreams and visions angelic visitations declaration, impartation, and divine manifestations, anointings, giftings, and calls, positions and promotions, provisions and resources to go to the nations, souls and more souls from every generation, saved and set free, carrying kingdom revival. Thank you, Father, that as I join my value system to yours, you will shower favor, blessing and increase upon me so I may have more than enough to co-labor with heaven to see Jesus get his full reward hallelujah amen amen God bless you as you give this morning um, if you could turn to your your, if you have your Bible with you you can turn there and uh, if you don't we probably will have it on the screen I just want to take over the, the next couple of Sundays, before we move into Advent, just to cover this topic a little bit. Why evangelism? You know, how many believe that evangelism is one of the ministries that we, that we as God's people, have been commissioned for? We're going to look at that a little bit. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, this is, Of himself, and I mean, for those that have read Paul's epistles, Paul's experience in the Book of Acts, uh, you'll remember that Paul was a very religious guy. He was zealous, zealous for God, and yet we know that in Acts nine that he had a tremendous experience on the road to Damascus. He was he was actually on his way with all the proper documentation. And I, I'm going to put this in layman's terms. He was he was ready to put the kibosh to the church, and yet, and yet, Paul on the road to Damascus has this incredible experience with God, this incredible experience with Jesus. And on that road, Paul's life does a 180 degree turn. Now, I don't know. I, I remember hearing. A lot of interesting stories about people whose lives who had 180 degree turns. I've heard tell of people who are drug addicts. We had a guy back in, uh, in our church in Nova Scotia, and he was a drug addict, and uh, he was living in Vancouver. but he had a tremendous experience with God. I mean, an experience with God that it just blew his mind in fact. I think he told me one time that uh, there's no high like the most high because when you have an experience with God when you have an experience with the Spirit that it just just changes you just transforms you I've heard stories of people who were abusive to their wives abusive to their children drunks and uh, God just miraculously changing them and these are testimonies trophies of the grace of God and I know that this morning we would all probably be able to share some of our own testimonies and some of our own stories but I don't know about you this morning but when I hear of people's lives being changed it sort of gets my engine going ever, has it ever happened to you I remember when we were in, attending the church in, uh, just in Lockport, you know, like I've said just a small community, 600 people uh, of course, there's people around, but 600 in in the main town. And the pastor there would boast that, hey, I have 15% of the community going to my church. We were around 70, 80 people. And we used to have this gospel sing night. And it was fantastic, kind of like over at the pierogies and jam, where you had 168 people show up to this gospel concert. And and uh, in, in Lockport, on the third time they did it, it was about six or eight people that... Uh, that came to know the Lord through that. It just invigorated, just gave brand new life to the church. And so this morning, I want to talk a little bit about evangelism and why it's so vital to, to, our, to our church and to our Christian life. I remember one time I was sitting with, uh, and I, I know I'm telling a little bit of stories here, but when we were a, a group of young pastors, I was included. I still consider myself young. I'm only, you know, 23 and um, okay 33 no just joking um, we were at the district office in our, in our district superintendent uh, who was Doug Moore at the time he shared a story with, with us and I'll never forget it he shared a story of when he was in elementary school and there was a young student sitting in front of him and the Holy Spirit had prompted him to tell this student that was sitting in front of him, he said, I want you to tell him about me. And unfortunately, he was fearful. And he didn't do it. And the next day, it just so happened that that young fella wasn't in front of him in the class. And they discovered that he had passed away in a boating accident uh, the night before, and with tears in his eyes, our district superintendent he reminded us that when the Holy Spirit prompts you, don't ignore it. Don't ignore it, especially. And, and as I was driving home to pick up my uh, pick up Christiane and and, and my mother-in-law and Aidan and Elizabeth, I I was thinking about this over in my head and just thinking, how many people are there? And I'm driving by the Catholic Church and I notice a number of cars. Last night, over the Lutheran Church, there was lots of people in participation. But how many people are there in the town of Vegerville and the surrounding areas that still don't know Jesus? That still haven't experienced transformative work that God has done for others, for us. And so this morning I just want to look at we're going to look at nine altogether. But I won't keep you here through nine this morning. We're just going to look at five reasons. Five, because that's the answer in the question. Why should we be concerned about evangelism? Now, I just before I start, I just want to say that our roots are The Pentecostal church, the roots of the Pentecostal church go back to a very, very vibrant mission impulse. And that mission impulse had to do with the fact that they believed that Jesus was coming very, very soon. Jesus could come, he could come through the clouds of glory any moment. And if that's the case, boy, we sure have a lot of work to do. There are souls and more souls. And that's what we were talking about when we were praying. That, that Jesus, as we partner, as we do what you ask us to do, that you will give us souls for the kingdom of God. Nothing more exciting than that. So today, just five, not nine, five. So I don't want to keep you here all afternoon. So five reasons. Why evangelism? So we're dividing this up so that we don't get the whole load of hay in one shot. Number one, why should we be concerned about evangelism? Can I just say very simply stated is that God loves the world. God loves the world. We know that text. John 3, 16. Jesus saying to Nicodemus that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and of course that begins as we're going to be celebrating as we're going to be remembering as we're going to be reflecting upon the first coming of Jesus that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever whosoever how many are glad that it's a whosoever will you don't have to be perfect did you know that some people, I've talked to people, and they said, Well, you know, I better, before I come to, to church, I got to go to the store and get the right kind of clothes. And I need to be able to make sure that I'm not doing certain things. And then maybe, just maybe, I, I'll be good enough to, because to, to, I don't want to go into the church building, you know, and, and then God, like, zap me with a bolt of lightning. It's not the case at all for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever whosoever believes puts their trust not just a mental assent There's a lot of people that believe in god mentally up here i believe he exists but how many understand that even the demons know that god is real even the demons know that jesus is real that the holy spirit is real they know that this is a reality, and they fear and they tremble. So it's not just a mental ascent. One of the most important reasons why we should be concerned about evangelism, which really has to do with just sharing the good news. It has to do with not gossiping, but it's gospeling. But if you do gossip, please tell others about Jesus. It's a great thing to share. God loves the world. And the reason why God loves the world is because God is in the business of renovation. God is in the business of restoration. God is in the business of taking lives that have been broken by sin. Those who are in pain, those who are living in fear, those who are anxious, those who are enslaved to addictions. God is in the business of seeking them out. And I don't know about you, but there's one of the things that I notice in the Gospels is that Jesus was very intentional intentional about going to where the sinner was. Has anybody ever noticed that? That Jesus was very intentional about going to where the sinner was. I think of John chapter 4 as an example, and how Jesus, it said that he needed to go through Samaria, encounter that woman that day. How Jesus was intentional about going to where the leper was. Where would Jesus be today? i remember growing up and i I was told that you know you have to be careful now who you hang around with you have to be careful because perhaps you know their lifestyle might drag you down has anybody ever thought to themselves well what about what if we reversed it and thought well wait a minute I don't know about you, but I'm thinking that I got this formula in my mind where I'm thinking, well, isn't God stronger than the enemy? So, wait a minute. Okay, so let's theologize for a minute. Just just track with me for a second. If the Bible is true and I have, okay, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And Paul talks about that whoever is in Christ is a new creation. Wow. It's interesting who I, who I am. I carry the Spirit of God. And so I'm carrying the Spirit of God within me and yet people are... Be careful. Be careful and you know what happened? is we, it, it fostered this idea that we need to separate, we need to isolate. But I don't know about you, but I find that when you read the gospel, that the, God is not isolating himself from people. God is very, Jesus, God in human flesh, is going to where the sinners are, and he became known as a friend of sinners and tax collectors. Why? Because he loves the world, he loves us. That he came and he sought us out. One of the greatest theologians of the modern era, Karl Barth, one time he was traveling through the United States, and someone asked him, this brilliant, this brilliant theologian, can you summarize the gospel? Now you'd have, that's, a, that's a miracle if somebody who's is brilliant and wrote uh, his, his magnum opus. I, I probably couldn't carry it. It was called Church Dogmatics. Swiss theologian. Church dogmat, huge, huge, huge work. Anyway he responded. He responded by saying, Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. And that's it. That was the truth. Can you summarize the gospel? Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so, right? We learned that in Sunday school. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish, will not perish, but that the world through him would be saved. That's why it's so important to share the gospel I remember one time, and maybe I shared this before, but I remember one time I thought this was fantastic news. I remember getting a refrigerator for $27.50. Did I ever tell you that? Oh, this is a great story. We were, we were married. We were married, and, and I was really, really intent, and, and she'll tell you this. I mean, when, I got, when we first got married, I was, like, scared to death of bills. And so when, when we got our furnace hooked up, I went, oh, you know, our power, I'm like taking the flashlight, right? And I'm, because, okay, okay, I'm going I'm to back this up. Okay, so when we got married, we, we got a mobile home, okay? It was the ugliest thing you ever did see. It was brown, tin siding, it was just, it wasn't ugly. It was ugly. And there were people who said, work up. On the way into town, because you're not bringing that tin box into town. Okay. So, okay. well, we did, and our first Christmas, I have to just share this part because it's so funny. Because we have pictures of this, you'd have to see this to believe it. We, I, I, I painted it white so it wasn't brown anymore, and then we, we, we decorated it with red ribbon and put a big bow in the middle of it. it looked like a great big package, right, for Christmas. Whatever you can do to make the neighbors love you again, right? But I was really concerned about the bills. So I would go outside with my flashlight and I check in the power meter on the potion, which is how fast is that thing spinning? Because that's what we had, right? If the heat was on or whatever, and I was really concerned about, oh, we gotta watch this and watch that, right? So I was really concerned about bills. So we needed a refrigerator. We had one of these refrigerators because when you get these 1970s uh, mobile homes, everything is avocado green. It probably would be in style now because everything just seems to come back, right? Retro stuff, right? So avocado green tub, avocado green refrigerator. Everything looked like it was an avocado. could We could have had guacamole out of that stuff. So friend of ours, working at Sears. And he tells us about this refrigerator. And it's like, wow, man, yeah, sure, this Kenmore refrigerator had lots of space in it. It's white, not avocado green. And so I find out that it's, it's, it's only, I think it was, what, $25 plus the tax, right? From Sears. And where was it like located? Like in the basement of Sears or something? Okay, so we're like, I'm like, this is awesome. You wouldn't believe the deal I got. I just love to talk about deals. Mm -hmm. I wasn't just thrifty. She would probably say I was cheap. But I was excited, and everywhere I went, I told people, you never believe it. I got a refrigerator, a Kenmore refrigerator. Something that, if you bought it new, probably cost you eight hundred bucks. I got it for twenty seven dollars and fifty cents, and i was I was sharing the gospel of cheap refrigerators this year's. I would have been an evangelist if I was trying to sell refrigerators, right? Seriously, I was the refrigerator evangelist <laughs> until about a year and a half later, it needed a new what was it, a compressor or something in Some it? problem. You can get the parts, just let us know what the serial number is. So the serial number is located on this plate. And so when we find the plate, we discover that all the numbers have been scratched out. And we discovered that actually the refrigerator was twenty seven fifty and it was placed where it was in Sears. It was because they considered it junk. So there's no replacement parts. But hey, for a year and a half, I had a great deal. Right? Year and a half, great deal. Great deal. So why do I say all of that? I say all of that because, folks, we got a better story than that this year. We got a better story. It's not about a $27.50 refrigerator. It's about salvation. Amen? We weren't just provided something just to keep our food cool for a year and a half. When we come to know Jesus, there's a great transaction that takes place. And what, what does he do? He tra- we trade in ang- our anxiety and our fears, and, and he gives us peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding. When we come to Jesus, we can unload. We can give him our our shame. We can give him our guilt. Because folks, we, we are guilty. We are guilty of breaking the laws of God. But we can trade in. We can give him our guilt. And what does he do? He gives us a freedom. He gives us freedom. He forgives us of all of our sins. Our unrighteousness. He takes, see there's some people that are trying to work for their salvation and they're trying to create, I like how Max Lucado said this, they're trying to create their own garment of righteousness. They're taking their own materials and they're sewing themselves together a robe of righteousness that is of their own good works, and yet the problem is it's still stained, it's still dirty, it's still coming apart at the seams. And yet God says, listen, you don't need to do this in your own effort. I'll take the robe that you're trying to construct for yourself, and I will give you a robe that is white and it's pure. Why? It's because that robe has been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Great transaction. It's a great deal. It's a great deal. And the reason that deal is on the table, and I've often mentioned this to people, that when God when God is looking to do a transaction with us, that it's almost like he writes out a check and he puts our name on it. And and the line where there's the amount, you know, and we can fill it in. We we could we could go through the Bible, we could talk about the promises of God, but we we could see eternal life. We could talk about freedom peace, joy all sorts of things that would be in that line and by the way, what, what would be in that line you can find it in the Bible, right? and you know what we need to do? all we need to do is endorse that check cash in endorse that check, why? all because Jesus loves us and I want to challenge this this morning on that first point, is that the reason why we need to be engaged in evangelism is because we have good news to share all because of God's love. The second thing is this, is the uniqueness of Jesus. The uniqueness of Jesus. We live right now in a, in a very multicultural, very multi-religious, pluralistic, truth is relative There's no moral absolute guidelines anymore. There's no absolute truth. There's no one standard anymore. So if I think that, you know, the wall is purple and you think it's avocado green, we're both right. And everybody said? Because that's that's where it is. You you can't debate with people anymore because they'll get offended with you. truth, Truth offends. So if I believe that And there's even some Christian churches that are saying, "Listen, you you can get to God. We just, but it's okay if you're taking the Buddha road or you're taking the Lao Tse road, because they will claim that all roads lead to God." This morning, we need to be reminded that Jesus is unique, and Jesus made unique claims. Jesus is not just some great ethical teacher. Is he a great ethical teacher? You're not going to get any better. But he's not just a great ethical teacher. He's not just a radical prophet. Was he a radical prophet? You want to believe he was a radical prophet, even more radical than I think that we would even be comfortable with. He's not just some peasant carpenter who got himself crucified. No. Jesus, the word tells us, John tells us this, that Jesus is the eternal word. The Logos made flesh the logos in the greek has to do with the wisdom and they were they loved wisdom and John was framing for them a greek culture that what you were searching for is Jesus himself he's the alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the Lord. He is the judge. He is the creator of the universe and all things in him. There are physicists who can't even understand why these protons, neutrons, electrons aren't just banging into one another and that there are these explosions happening because we should just be kind of like spontaneously go kaboom. And the answer is simple is that he holds it all together. He holds it together. There are, there are cosmologists, astronomers that are looking to the stars. And because of the complexity of the universe, they are coming to the conclusion that there's too much design. In fact, and I like talking about these things, that there are over 30 cosmological constants. Just think about 30 channels on your soundboard. And you have a lot, and they're huge dials. And they're very precise, and you have to set each and every one of them precisely on the right mark in order for everything to work as it is. For us to be able to keep our feet on the ground, for us to be able to breathe the 20.8% oxygen, and yet there will be people who say, no, 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 we believe it's all random chance. But folks, they were people who were unbelievers. Secular physicists who begin to study the stars, begin to see the creation, and they saw seeing the glory of God in the creation. And they're turning to Jesus because they recognize that only a God who would create and care for. A personal God would do this. Even having us in mind. No, Jesus is unique. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our Deliverer. He is our Redeemer. He is our victorious Conqueror. He is our soon-coming King. And Paul said that God was pleased to have all His fullness, the fullness of the Godhead, dwell in jesus jesus said that he was with god and that he was god i remember doing an assignment one time in synoptic gospels and looking at the claims of jesus and the claims of jesus have been substantiated but see if he was just a wise teacher if he was just a philosopher like socrates or aristotle if he was just a prophet like Muhammad or Joseph Smith, if he were just some strange, delusional mystic, then we would have no reason, no reason at all to share his story. No reason to share the gospel because there wouldn't be a gospel worth sharing. But if he is who he said he is, And if we believe the witness of the prophets, and if we believe the words of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and if we believe the witness of the apostles, and if we truly believe that the Bible is inspired of the Holy Spirit, if we truly believe that we ourselves have been saved and set free, and that we have entered into the kingdom of God, which we are now experiencing, but will come in its fullness where there'll be a place, as we were singing last night at the Lutheran Church, joy to the world, the Lord has come, and there's not going to be any more sorrow, or or the thorns aren't going to infest the ground. Why? Because of the coming of the Lord. If we truly believe that, that that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and all the things in the the former life are going to pass away, God is going to make all things new. There isn't going to be cripples anymore. No more wheelchairs, no more heart defects. You no know, more going to the doctor and saying, "Hey, my shoulders bothering me. Could you write me a prescription?" Because it'll—you'll be trading in the old model for a brand-spanking new model. I'm hoping that'll be about thirty, and then he'll give me a little bit bigger muscles when I get there, a little tighter abs. But if we truly believe that—I know I'm getting a little silly, but that's okay. But if we truly believe that, isn't that worth sharing, folks? That's good news that's good news why because of the uniqueness of Jesus number number three and I got to move a little quicker number three he's the only way he's the only way there's a song by Hills song united one way Jesus you're the only one that I could live for one way one way to salvation I want you to tell you this morning that's not popular it's not a popular message I think I've squeezed the microphone so hard. I'll have to put it back later. Jesus is the only way to salvation. That's not a popular thing. Again, we live in a pluralistic and a relativist, relativistic age. I remember one time I was reading, I started reading a book where they talked about when, during uh, President Obama's inauguration that there was a, a prayer that was offered by a priest that was there. And, and it started something like this. Uh, to the God of our many understandings. To the God of our many understandings. And yet Jesus clearly taught. And believe it or not, I actually had to defend this in a Bible study group. John fourteen six. Jesus made a very interesting claim. He said that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father but through me. I actually had to defend that because there were some people who didn't think that that was actually true. Thank the Lord there was a 92-year-old lady that was on her way to the washroom and as I said that very forcefully she said, Amen. At least I had one of them with me. Jesus said that if anyone tries to get in any other way he is a thief and a robber he is the door. Peter insisted in Acts 4.12, before the religious establishment of the day, he said that there is no other name under heaven given by which men might be saved. So Jesus said it, Peter said it, Paul wrote that there is one God and there is only one mediator. Not two, not many. One mediator between God and humankind. That's Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself a ransom of all. In Colossians 1, verses 19 to 20, it says that God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things in earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And as long as I'm your pastor, and I hope that this is okay, and if it isn't, we'll discuss it later, that you will hear from from this platform or this pulpit or this music stand or wherever I can get a hold of a mic, that you will hear consistently, not every week, but you'll hear it. You'll hear that Jesus is the only way. Buddha can't save you. Muhammad can't save you. Karma can't save you. Confucius can't save you either jesus is the only way and if he's the only way folks and if you've experienced his salvation how can we neglect our call to share the good news fourthly it's an obedience to our to his command matthew 28 jesus gives us a mandate In verse 16, it reads like this, when the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations. It means replicate yourselves. You're following me, make more followers, make more disciples, more apprentices of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. So all authority has been given unto Jesus. And again, I, this is not just some wise or brilliant philosopher. This is the Lord of heaven and earth giving this command. And this is an imperative. In the Greek, it's imperative. It means it's a command. It's not a suggestion. It's just not a great thought or an opinion. It's actually a command. And so therefore, if we truly want to follow Jesus, then we cannot ignore that. We cannot ignore that. It's interesting because Paul, as we started off in this this message, that Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9... Sixteen, he said he had this compulsion to share the gospel. And he said, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. And folks, can I just say that this is not just for a special class of people. This is not just for us to say, oh, you know something? We have missionaries. That's why we give money to the missionaries. So God calls these missionaries, and then these missionaries go. We just give money, and we're doing missions because we send our missionaries. Well, that's a great thing to do, and we should do that. But at the same time, God has called each and every one of us and we all have a testimony. Some people say, well, I don't know how to really share. Listen, if you can talk to someone over coffee and donuts, you can share your faith. Because really it comes down to, what has God done for you? What has God done for you in your life? What has God done for you recently? My my wife and I were talking about this today. And um, this is not to... uh, This is not to... Actually it was this morning, this is not to um, criticize anyone. please understand this is not about criticism. I was talking with a church growth consultant and uh, or an effectiveness coach and and i 'm sure that there's some things that, that he would have that I could learn, and that 's all good. Um, but as he was going over a few thoughts, I began to think, well you know, it's nothing wrong with having your church having good ministries. That's all good. We'd love to see more things developing here. And, I, I am, and I'm, that's the long-range goal is to see some more things being developed, and that's great. Uh, and just to tighten some things up and assess some things and, and just tweak some things and be the best that we can be for the Lord. And, and uh, so there's things that you can learn. But I, as I was listening to what he had said, he, he was sort of thinking about, well, you know, if, if Joe Pagan were to, 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 to visit your church, I mean, he means by that as someone who, you know, they're not, they're not serving the Lord. And, and so he, when they would come in, I'm thinking, and he was going through what they would experience if, if someone knew who didn't know the Lord was coming to your church. And, but here's the thing that, that, that grabbed my attention was, well, mo- most, people that, most people that don't know the Lord are not interested in coming to church. Most people that, that don't know the Lord will, will use Sunday if it's summer. They, they, they want to head to the golf course. They want to take their family to to the to the beach for that day. You know, one one of the biggest places where people congregate is is the coffee shops. Or or maybe they just get out of town. They've been working all week and they get out of town. And I begin to think to myself, there's a lot of people that are are not right now interested because they don't believe they they, they haven't experienced something. And can I just make a suggestion this morning that sometimes what's going to break the apathy and the indifference and the unbelief is by us building a relational bridge. And then we can begin as they, we, we create a relationship and some trust that we can actually begin to share the reality of who Jesus is and what he has done for us and how we have experienced God. And wouldn't it be cool if we said, you know, is it okay if I pray that, uh, about this matter? You know, you've got a problem in your business. Can I, can I, can I pray about that? sure. Maybe they've gotten to the place where you can do that. And and you pray. And what would happen if they came back and said, you you know, you prayed about this and a really strange thing happened. Like, I wouldn't expect this to happen and and this thing happened and all of a sudden, hmm, their unbelief is being challenged. Maybe someone, uh, you know, they got pain in their body and you pray for them and maybe that pain instantaneously healed and they're like, wait a minute saying that God is real. and I never thought that God was real. You know, when I was 12 years old, I went to school and, and, and they taught me this and taught me that and blah, 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 and that's what I thought was true. And, but, but now I've got to deal with this. What if we just took simple steps like that and we reached out to people in love and compassion like Jesus did? We don't need to be Bible college graduates. We don't need to have PhDs in theology to be able to share what Christ has done for us. And this is moving to the fifth thing, last thing, is we simply need to love our neighbor. Love. The love of God within us will compel us to go. I remember reading old accounts of when people were baptized in the Spirit. Not only did they get empowerment, but they said that they were baptized in the love of God. And that love and that change in their heart and the power and the courage of the Spirit compelled them to go and to share with others what Jesus had done for them. We're called to love our neighbors as ourselves. I don't know about you, but Jesus, if we we were doing an inventory, wouldn't we not agree and say that because of Christ, I have meaning to my life. I have purpose to my life. Jesus has given me joy. Not happiness. Happiness is circumstantial, but he's given me a contentment down in my heart and even when things are bad, I know that God is with me. Folks, can I just challenge us to say this morning that, that, that those are things that people are looking for. People are asking, what is life all about? People are struggling and dealing with things that are so heavy that they turn to all sorts of substances and bad relationships and all sorts of different things to try to fill that void, the void where they feel that life is meaningless, there's no purpose, there's nothing worth living for. I was talking at the ministerial meeting with... Uh, with Brad, who was the pastor over at the Seventh-day Adventist when they did the butterfly effect. They had about 12 people show up to that at one of the pizza places in town. And out of the 12 people, the question was asked, who has recently contemplated committing suicide? There were four people out of 12 that had contemplated suicide. Why do I share that? I share that to illustrate that there are young people right now that don't feel that life is worth living. There are young people right now who believe that there's no meaning, there's no purpose, there's no hope. Despair is what's filling their hearts and their minds. And yet, a relationship with God who loves them, who wants to adopt them into His family, to be a father to the fatherless... And we have an opportunity to be brothers and sisters to those who don't have a family. And Jesus has called us to that. He's called us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. But why else would we not have, why, why would we not have despair if, if, if there's people that believe that we are just a byproduct of evolutionary processes and random chance? We are co- I remember talking to an atheist one time, and he said, We are a cosmic accident. And I thought to myself, If we are a cosmic accident, we have no reason to even be here. What's the point? But if you follow that to his logical conclusion, no wonder people are thinking, What's the point of life? I might as well take my life. No hope. But there's a generation that's seeking, they're searching, they're open. They're open to spiritual things. They're open to the supernatural. They're open to God and they're searching. And folks, we need to be not what our the, the superintendent said in, in the very beginning when he, he didn't listen to the voice of the Spirit. But folks, when the Spirit of God tells you, listen, you need to go talk to that person and tell that person. and. Because this is what we do as a people who want to be moved and directed and be a prophetic people. We want to be, hear the voice of God and we want to act on what God has told us to do. Is that not true? We want to hear the voice of God before the Spirit and we want to act on what He has said to us. And it will take courage to do that. But people are searching. And you know why I know that? It is because that is why Wicca, Islam... Hinduism and all sorts of eastern mysticism in Canada is shooting through the roof statistically. They are outpacing the growth of the church in Canada. Say it again, Wicca, Islam, Hinduism. There were, I remember reading uh, one time when they talked about that they were Wiccan uh, Wiccan religious leaders on the university campus of the University of Toronto but there wasn't an evangelical Christian chapel I remember going to Katie University one time to pick up a book at a library and I had a guy who was a he was a Buddhist and he was recruiting and I thought to myself wow we need some Christians, some evangelists out there to share the good news. And I, and when I, when I share this this morning, I am, I am pointing back uh, many fingers at myself. I'm challenging myself this morning. Can we stand this morning as we, as we call the worship team back? Um. Can I, can I just say that only Jesus can bring me he can only bring purpose only Jesus can bring wholeness he can only bring freedom he can only put broken people back together only he can find those who are lost and they can be brought into the fold only Christ can bring abundant life And this morning, as I close this message, I, I have a bit of a two-pronged fork here. I'm not stabbing anybody with it, but just, to, just my way of saying it. If we could sing Amazing Grace this morning, if we could just sing that song. Amazing Grace. Because it's the amazing grace of God that has permitted us to even be into the kingdom of God today. you know, I shared a story again about the refrigerator $27.50 and maybe some of us here this morning have had similar things happen to you that you were you know, like, oh, did, did you hear that uh, oh, this is really great I just got the flyer today and uh, the co-op has a 10 for 10 on you really need to go to the co-op. Now, that's not true, because I don't have the flyer. I haven't read it, but I've heard people say, you know, you need to go to the co-op because they get a 10 for 10. See, I didn't get the flyer, didn't get the memo, but somebody needed to tell me because they read that in the flyer, and boy, that's good news. You want to save some money? Oh, I heard that value drugs is moving. And they have like, Mittens, and they have hats and they have all that sorts of stuff and it's really cheap you could really get some stuff for your kids you should go over to Value Drugs before they before they make their final move that's, that's good that's good that, that, that can be good news to me especially if I'm looking to save a few dollars but that's a temporal thing The fridge is a temporal thing. The sale is a temporal thing. Even the offers that they might try to get you when you book a hotel. And they say, oh, got a really great deal for you. Four days and three nights down in Orlando, Florida for a certain amount. All you need to do is just go and see a meeting about some kind of a timeshare, right? Yeah. Sounds pretty good. Sounds like a pretty good deal. And they'll want to sell you that. And they want to tell you about that, and they want you to sign on the dotted line, but can I just suggest to us this morning that we have a greater offer? We have a greater offer the offer is now, and it is for long as someone is here. it never goes out like it isn't going to be oh the offer ends next Wednesday no no as long as you're here as long as you as long as you have breath in your lungs and and your blood is pumping through your body. The deal is offered to us. Amen. It's offered to the world. It's offered to the people who are lost without Jesus in this town. The offer is now. But what we need to do is we need to, to, to take our flyer, right? that's got that great advertisement in it. And some of us have it on our phones. Some of us have seen it on the screen. Some of us have it bound in the leather covers. And we need to take that good news and we need to go to our friends, our relatives, and we need to say, guess what? You never believed the deal that I got. Well, let me tell you, I was, I hit rock bottom and everything was going through the floor it was going down the toilet and you know some i said god if you're real if you're really there lord here i am and lord here's an opportunity to reach down in my mess in all my trouble and all of my sin and all of my addiction and all of my hopelessness and all of my sadness and even my suicidal thoughts, and, 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 and maybe my deepest, darkest sins that God knows everything about. And God, would you step in, and if you're really real, would you make yourself known? I've heard tell stories of men who are drowning, and Lord, I can't swim, but if you will save me, God, I will serve you all the days of my life. And I heard the testimony as they stood in the building of the church in worship Praise God because God heard their cry and he rescued them. And he didn't just rescue them, he gave them a platform. He gave them an opportunity to pray for others and to share the gospel with others. We have a great news to share. We have great news because God loves the world. We have great news because Jesus is the only way. We have great news today because it's a command we have great news because Jesus wants us to love our neighbors ourselves I think I hit four or five and so this morning before we go there's a challenge to those who are believers today disciples of Jesus to take up that commission to go into all the world preach the good news not just preach the good news demonstrate It's a combo. We can be good news the way we live. We can do good news by by, by tangible ways and through through the power of God working through us. And we can also declare the good news. So if you're a believer this morning, could we make it a point? Could we make it a matter of urgency? Urgency. Urgency because I don't know about you, but one of the things I discovered is that there will be people who will pass into eternity today before we go home. There will be people who will pass into eternity tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and time is short. The day of salvation is today. I want to challenge us. Lord, maybe it's one, maybe it's two, maybe it's five, maybe God will put ten, I don't know how many, but could we could I just challenge you that in the next few days that you're spending time with the Lord, just ask God put a soul on my heart, or two, or three there used to be a song we used to sing place some soul upon my heart and love that through, soul through me, and may I ever do my part to win that soul for thee, so could I just challenge you in that simple song to Whatever God leads you to, maybe it's one person, that's the target. Maybe there's three people. Whatever it is, whatever the Lord leads you to, but make this a matter of urgency. This is an emergency. And for those who might be here this morning, and you've heard this message, that God loves you. He's a great plan for your life. He wants to tr- for you to trade in your sin and your unrighteousness and your hopelessness and your despair and all these things that you're dealing with, and He wants to give you new life. He wants to trade in that old stuff and give you something new. Maybe you're here this morning, and and you have never done that. You might believe in God. You might believe in Jesus. You know that He's real, but you haven't made that that transaction. You haven't received that wonderful offer. You haven't received it yet. But now you know that it's there. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a few moments, because there may be someone here among us that has not made that conscious decision that they want to they know Christ in an intimate way. They want to know that they're saved. They want to know that Christ has forgiven them. And maybe they're here today, and, maybe, and and maybe if there's someone here, if they could just extend a hand, just in acknowledgement, saying, that's me. Pastor, would you pray for me? I, I I want I want what all that God has for me. I don't know all of it yet. That's that's great. That's fine. But I want all that God has for, for me. Is there anybody here who would lift up your hand and say, I just want all, I want to, I want to know, I want to have an assurance, I want to have a peace, I want to know my sins are forgiven. I want to know. That I have peace with God. Is there anybody here who would lift your hand to say that? Anyone? Anyone? I see a hand going up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Is there any, anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone? anyone? Not going to be labor too much longer. Now, I'm a little bit of an old fashioned guy, and I trust that you'll forgive me for this, but um, if the Lord is giving you some faith and some courage. One of the things that I've witnessed so many times is that when when, when people acknowledge their need for God, because I want you to understand that that Jesus died on the cross and he did it publicly for us. He stretched out his arms and he hung there on, on a Roman crucifix. And he died publicly for our sins, the sins of the world. So he demonstrated his love for us publicly. And if, and if you're here and you raise your hand and, and if you find that you have the courage to do so, um, and, and if you want to make your way to the front, uh, you know. and the reason I, I say that is because we want to encourage you. We want to pray with you. But if you find that it's difficult to do that and you want others to, to and, and it's okay for others to pray for you and you welcome that, then if you've raised your hand but you can't come up. That's, that's fine. But, but if you want to raise your hand again, just say, I'm open for others to pray for me today. I'm open for others to pray for me. And if you want to lift your hand, and if, and if uh, your hand doesn't go up, we're going to pray for you anyway. So it's just like it's too late, right? So we got you. So. But the Lord sees that hand, and the Lord sees that heart. Amen. Amen. And so we're going to just thank the Lord for a heart that is open toward him today. And we're just going to celebrate this. So, Lord, we thank you today, and we just lift our hands as you have lifted your hands for us. And we worship you today for the grace of God, the love of God that surpasses all understanding, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. We don't understand why you'd love us, Lord, that you'd come and you'd die for us. You'd come and die in our place. But, Lord, you did. And all you're asking for us is just to spread this wonderful, incredible deal, this wonderful news. To be a walking, living flyer. An advertisement for Jesus. Amen. And so Lord, I pray that you'll challenge my heart, the hearts that are here today, that we would seek your face and we would ask you, Lord, who is it that you want me to reach? And could you imagine this morning that if everyone reached one, if everyone reached one, and then they others reached up more, well, we would have a church would be. We'd have, have to get more seats. <laughs> so, Father, we pray this morning that, uh, that we'll, we'll, we'll celebrate your grace every day and that we will be a walking, talking, doing, active, demonstrating advertisement for you. Because our chains are gone. Can we sing that? We've been set free, my God, my Savior, has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. My chains are gone, I've been set free. My Savior ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. Now, if you lifted your hand this morning, we're just going to join you in praying. We're just going to pray just a, re, a recommitment of our lives to Christ. Lord, uh, so let's just pray together in your own way. I'm just going to kind of lead But Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for coming and stepping out of glory into our world, a world that was sinful. We're sinful, but we thank you, God, for going to the cross shedding your blood. We believe, Lord, we believe that you, because of what you have done, that we now have a provision, a provision for forgiveness, a provision to be right in our relationship with you. We thank you, Lord, that you made the way that even though we offended God, that you have bridged the gap and he's been able to reconcile that relationship. And so, Lord, we thank you for forgiveness and we receive that forgiveness. We, we turn away from our sin, our self, and we, 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 we come and we run to you, Lord. We run to you. And we ask God for your forgiveness, your grace, and your mercy, and we thank you for it. We thank you for your love. And we pray this morning that you'll give us the strength and the grace and the empowerment of the Spirit to live for you all the days of our life. To follow you, to obey you, and to grow in our grace and knowledge of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this church family where we can find strength, encouragement, support, and even challenge. And so, Lord, we thank you for your grace. We receive that grace today. And we declare that according to your word that we are new creations in Christ Jesus. We declare that, that according to your word we stand on the truth that we are create new creations in Christ Jesus. And the old is passing away. And behold, all things are becoming new. Thank you, Lord, that you give us grace for the journey. Hmm. Rains unending love, amazing grace. When we've been there, let's sing that, I love that. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shine. With you, Jesus, we would share the overflow of our hearts and our mouths would speak, that it
1: would be something.